Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Crypt. We're going to get sued for that. <laughs> we have to pay a royalty fee. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits. This is Brian. And Andrew. And it's not Pits. What? Tales from the Pits? Tales from the Pit. <laughs> Do we know our own show? <laughs> are you seriously asking that after how many episodes? Why are you looking it up? Because <laughs> <laughs> now you got me doubting it. <laughs> you named our show wrong. <laughs> All right. We're just going to change it. That's it. New, new show. New season. Welcome to a new season. I don't understand that. Most, well, most podcasts do seasons. We've just yeah. continuously slogged along for three years with very little break. I just don't understand seasons. Like, it sounds well, it's like because we, we don't have them in Houston. Right. Well, it sounds we have like summer. That's <laughs> true. All right. Let's do this. Ready? Yep. Barbecue's our passion, and that's just what you'll get where the Kim Burns is a barbecue where tales from the pits. Howdy, welcome to another episode of Tales from the Pits, and this is Brian. And Andrew. And we are here deep, dark, in the bourbon central basement of Andrew's house. Yeah, we are sipping on some bourbon and uh, talking about kind of a variety of different things going on and barbecue and kind of our deep thoughts on a lot of things and our bitching and moaning about some things. We'll try to keep that to a minimum. Um, But yeah, we just wanted to touch on a few different things just going on in the barbecue world because there's just so much going on right now. And for those of us that have been passionate about barbecue chasing barbecue for as long as brian and i have like we've seen we've seen a lot of changes uh, in that in that time changes so let's talk about them all right well i i think really you know right now we're at like this high water mark of barbecue kind of i don't want to use the word peak barbecue but it's it's hard to think that we'll get better or bigger than we are today um, you know, the, the proliferation of really true top quality joints. Every city has at least one, if not multiple. Lines aren't ridiculously long. You can get quality barbecue at, at dozens of places that are, are really five, ten years ago, that was a handful. And ten years ago, it was three or four. Yeah, I mean, it's been quite the evolution of this cuisine. You know, cuisine, cuisine that's been around for hundreds of years that's of course evolved with the times and and with advancements and technology cooking knowledge of different things and of course the cultural influences that have come along with you know living in texas and the different cultures that you've had to draw from whether that's czech german or mexican um, african-american and now the recent trends that we've seen with uh, tex-mex barbecue becoming so popular and you know and incorporating those flavors into barbecue and different asian flavors that we're seeing more and more prominently now and, and sometimes that can just be taken to extremes, you know, and there's people that um, are out there innovating and there's people that are pushing the envelope um, and there's people that are just like tearing the envelope into confetti and throwing it on top of a brisket and calling it soup. Yeah. Know. Well, I mean, it's we kind of live in a copycat world. It's not this is not exclusive to barbecue. I mean, it happens all over the culinary world, for that matter. And I mean, just look at the first popular reality show that came out. And all of a sudden, there are fifty reality shows that are trying to be carbon copies or slight very you know variances off of that first popular one. And before you know, you want to watch the Lego one, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Before you know it, you've got <laughs> Will Arnett talking about Legos. You know, people trying to fall in love which, on an which, island. Which started and, the the Lego one is another one that started in the UK, I think. So you, you know, again, even that's a copy of its own. Yeah, self. I mean, yeah. singing shows. I mean, there's so many things that 
as soon as something becomes popular, everyone wants, wants a piece of that pie, and barbecue is definitely no different. Um, we've, we've watched the trends as they've gone along, and we, we like most of them, if not all of them. It's just once something gets too popular, you start getting people that are trying to do it just because it's the popular thing to do, and that's when you kind of get watered-down versions of what it originally was. And just people that are, are taking it to the extreme purely for the fact of taking it to the extreme and having to be different because, again, it goes back to uh, proliferation of great barbecue choices and options. You don't have to drive hundreds of miles. So people are trying to set themselves out apart, but it, kind of in our opinion, they're not always doing it because they truly want to have this dish or because of a flavor profile. They're doing it just because they hope that it gets triggered on Instagram and goes viral and people come and see them because they're serving something that nobody else is. And you don't have to do that. Um, and for goodness sakes, you know, don't just randomly throw five things into a plate and call it a dish. Yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things that you're going to see more and more of. It's inevitable. Um, we, we like to bring that analogy to the craft beer world because beer has been around for centuries and centuries and for centuries and centuries, we've been enjoying beer, but in the last 10 years it feels like beer can't just be beer anymore it has to be a beer with a coconut pie that was no, the, thrown into no, it no the minute made pickle beer okay uh, uh, yeah i mean there's is that really yeah, that, that may be the point right, we're, when we're, it all we're not going to be grumpy old man about craft beer but <laughs> we uh we enjoy beer we enjoy good beer but we don't need our beer to taste like things that aren't beer um, i like cake i like pudding i don't like cake and pudding in my beer they're just i, like. I, I was wondering where you're going with that <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we're digressing. But yes, trend jumping is something that we see, and you're just going to continue to see it. I mean... Well, like I said, because of that, there's so many options. People are trying to do something to, to get people to come out to see them. You know, and, and, and I, like I said, I don't, I don't have a problem with, with trying to innovate and create new things or even push the envelope and try you know, different meats in different ways and different cuts of meats and different cooking styles and methods. But some of it has just gone to the extreme to where it, it's just for the pure sake of doing it and trying to get a picture on Instagram. Yeah. And there are joints that we've talked about a lot on the show and we make fun of ourselves for talking about them as much as we do, but there's reasons why we talk about places like Micklewaite and Leroy and Lewis as much as we do. It's because we have so much respect for the innovation that they brought into the barbecue world and they didn't bring it in to get on Instagram and get likes or to get people to their restaurants. They, they did it because they really wanted to, take the foundations of barbecue and of live fire cooking and expand on them and be creative with them while still being true to what the craft of barbecue is. And, and most recently the pulled pork pancakes at gas barbecue. Yes. I mean, that's, that's an example of something that, that is an early contender of my favorite barbecue <laughs> dish of the year. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're going to have to get back out there and make sure, but um, you know, it's a little bit of stretching of what's out there, but it's, it's common foods. It's not anything silly. Um, but their execution was just flawless. Uh, it is awesome, awesome bite. Right. I mean, we're we are all for creativity. Lord knows we've done plenty of creative attempts, some successful, some not as successful in our pop-ups. Yeah, like he won't let me do tater tot sauce again. <laughs> <laughs> that one didn't bother me as much as the lobster one. That one's nasty. <laughs> lobster and stuffing sausage. Yeah, I, I can't get on board with that one. But we're we're big fans of creativity and of not just doing the you know the same three size and five meats but um have respect for the craft of it and, and go come about it from a from an honest standpoint and not just a hey will this get me likes standpoint and, and there's another thing like 
just a word of advice out there for people that are doing this professionally. If you do listen to us, we know some of you do. Don't try something the first time and sell it to customers. <laughs> <laughs> we see that a lot of times where they're like, we, we see them, we talk to them, they're making something, and then the next day they're selling it without even knowing if it's great. Um, there's Bozo the Clown. <laughs> well, Speaking folks, of that, that's our Bozo alert. We, we, <laughs> we'll give you a little bit of a inside shop talk here. My, my life is this now. Um, got a, a puppy added to the family a few months ago. And, uh, she and it's not called brisket. No, no. There's enough dogs called brisket out there. Uh, shout out to uh, Jimmy, Fijas, many others. Um, but, yes, yeah, she uh, is squeaking a rather obnoxious toy underneath this table right now. So you're just going to have to deal with that. There you go. It's ambiance. What are the other topics we've got going on here? It's like a here? squeaky wheel in a car. It, it is. It Speaking is. of squeaky wheels, I'm throwing the segue out there for you. All right, <laughs> I, I, just I a no little barbecue that. news that I have, to, I have to talk about because this came up and I thought this was pretty funny in many reasons. Um, so kind of some kudos to, um, you know, Epcot Center at Disney is launching a smokehouse. Oh, this is fantastic. Yes. Yes. And, yes. and, and I saw, and, and kudos because I saw them, uh, you know, there's a picture of them, uh, craning in an actual offset barbecue pit. Couldn't quite tell whose it was. It looked maybe like a close, but not sure. Um, you know, so I don't want to say exactly, but, but a true offset, not a gas assist or anything like that. So, um. Very impressive that they're doing it, but I'd like to talk about their menu that they they published some of their menu items because mm. um, I just <laughs> I, I don't know. So I guess I should read this a little bit from the article. Um, one of them is a Texas beef brisket sandwich with house-made spicy mop sauce. Yes, the uh, the very traditional mop sauce that goes along with your Texas brisket, and that's not horribly wrong. I mean, it's it's. The sauce is on the wrong item. We do have mop sauce in Texas, but not put on brisket. The next one is the South Carolina smoked sausage sandwich. Let me start by saying I love South Carolina. We've had some great barbecue in South Carolina. Um, But other than going to a Texas barbecue joint in South Carolina, shout out Louis Barbecue, I don't remember eating any sausage. We looked South for Carolina. it. We, I don't think we could find no, it. Not even commercial. It to my knowledge, South yeah. Carolina, and someone can correct me on this if they're from South Carolina and have been eating these traditional barbecue sausages there. Well, maybe they just started since they listened it, to our show. May, yeah. It may be. May, maybe. <laughs> thank you, Epcot Center. <laughs> but I am not familiar with the famous South Carolina sausage. So uh, there you go. All right. So if that one, if that one wasn't enough, the, the coup d'etat for me is the Kansas City Smoked Chicken. Sounds like a dance or a jig. (laughs) Kansas City Smoked Chicken. Now, if anyone can tell me what Kansas City is famous for and which restaurant has famous for their smoked chicken, um, it would be interesting to us. You can DM us or reply to one of our posts. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never... Kansas City Burn-Ins, but I'm pretty sure that wasn't like... The ass end of a chicken. Like, I don't know where they got Kansas City yeah. chicken from. I don't know. But so it's that was Disney, so, yeah. I mean, come on. There you go. But, uh, but yeah, so that was that was just interesting. But it is. It, but on the other side of that, you know, it is really good to see that there's brand new restaurants opening up that are, that are much more open to the public at a more higher visibility state that are doing real wood fire cooking. It's impressive. Even if it is Kansas City chicken. <laughs> So one topic we wanted to touch on, and it's something that we have touched on in the, in the past, but uh, 
wanted to wanted to hit it again because it's it's a pretty big topic. We are consumers of barbecue. We consume more barbecue than than most people. We pay for the vast majority of the barbecue that we consume, and it's an expensive meal to have these days. Um, we understand the factors that go into it, from meat prices to wood prices to rent in big cities. And yeah, I, mean, I mean, we're not complaining absolutely. in general about prices, but. As an example, there's a great barbecue place that does great stuff. They don't do plates. And if I get if I build a three-meat plate with two sides, I get a drink and I get a dessert. And even if I share some of that with somebody else, I've hit $57 and $60 for lunch for two people. And that's that's crazy when you think about it. It is. But, but you know, to give some credit, this is a brick-and-mortar restaurant. There's, you know, there, I do know the meat source that they're doing. Uh, but it's still painful from my pocketbook, you know. Right. Well, and it's just, it's crazy to think of the changes that have gone on price-wise in barbecue just in the last decade. Um, we were going down our rabbit hole of looking at old pictures and things that we've seen. And we found a picture from Snow's in 2009 where their menu was all meats are $8.45 a pound. That's for brisket or ribs or whatever you want eight dollars and 45 cents a pound and just thinking about where we are now from from there i mean snows as of last i saw is 20 dollars a pound on brisket now um which is you know pretty much the standard in any reputable barbecue place these days you're going to pay at least 20 dollars. that shift happened right right around the time of the last list coming out uh summer 2017 is where you started to really see Pretty much every uh, every one of the top rated joints hit that twenty dollar mark and and have ascended upwards from there. And again, we're not going to sit here and say you should be charging this or you shouldn't be charging that. I will say, I'm and I may be in the minority here. I think of things in terms of what your business is. I have a lo- I have a lot less problem paying twenty four dollars a pound in a brick and mortar restaurant in a big city. In a you know in a big building, I have a harder time at a pop up where you're pulling it out of a cambro or a cooler and slicing it under an easy up tent. Where's the overhead in that? <laughs> yeah, and and you know we know there's there's volume pricing and benefits to that, but it, we also we've done pop ups and we understand the the cost valuations of doing a pop up versus having a business, and it just. You know, again, it just hurts us, I think, for in our pocketbook again when we see that. And it's not just one or two people. It's using a bunch. But um, it just it's kind of interesting, you know, to see these prices that have just, you know, $24, $25 a pound before, before you know it. You know, what is brisket going to cost? And, again, you're not just eating brisket. <laughs> like that's yeah. one of one piece of your meal. So, you know, in a half a pound of brisket is a lot for one person. But let's just say twelve twelve dollars for a half a pound of brisket. Sides are three fifty four dollars a piece. That's twenty dollars without having a drink and without having a dessert or anything. It just it's just getting to be you know from a consumer side as well. It's getting to be pretty damn expensive. Yeah, and it's just again, it's just something I think about every time I go to a barbecue place, whether that's a food truck or a restaurant or a pop up. I do look at the prices everywhere we go, you know, because we pay these prices everywhere we go. And it is, it is tough to swallow certain prices in, in certain markets. You know, if you're, if you're in a small town and you have, a, you know, a little less overhead, then obviously we've had some really good $14, $15 brisket in small towns. But in major cities, you're going to pay 20 to 25 now. 20 is 
pretty much the low end of what you're going to pay. It's usually a little bit more than that. Um, we're yeah, like nowadays, twenty dollars is is a good price on brisket. Right. And, yep. and shout out to those that are less. That's phenomenal. Yeah, um, of course. If they're serving, if they're serving quality stuff at less, and, and like I said, we get it. It's not cheap, especially brisket in particular. But you know, there, there are there are things you can do as a restaurant to help ease some of that pain. You know, and it and it doesn't mean that you have to switch to a cheaper brisket. Um, but certainly, that's that's the other thing that you know you can serve wagyu, you can serve akaushi, um, you can serve you know, choice, all of those things and still produce a good product. Um, but, you know, there's other menu items and things. Balance out that plate a little. Well, it's one thing that Brian and I talk about a lot off air, too, is knowing what market you're in. And are you in a market that cares if you're serving Wagyu or if you're serving Prime or Select or Choice? I mean, do they know? Do they care? Or do they just look at the price point and say, why am I paying this? And they, in their heads, they don't justify. You can justify it because you know the quality of that product that you're serving and spending so much time to get to the plate but your customers do not and if you're in a market that doesn't care you know where that you're not competing with 10 other joints that are all serving prime and, and why just, charge it and and don't do it just because you're trying to get on the top 50 list you know that's we know how big and important that is and we know what it can do to a business but you're talking about sustaining and, and serving your local population and you've got to balance that all out. And I, and I don't have a single answer for sure. I'm not, I don't do this every day. So, you know, I don't pretend to be the person that knows. But, you know, even if you had some options that you could, logistically, it's probably too hard to sell both, you know, uh, two levels of brisket and try to manage that logistically. Um, but, you know, you could even do a choice during the week at a lower price and a prime on the weekend and get the tourist traffic. But that's confusing too on a menu. Yeah. Well, I mean, um, my advice these days with, with the, it's so tempting, and I get it. We've been guilty of it too. It's so tempting to want to serve that prime product, and you know, because that's what people serve, and that's what the good people serve, and this, that, and the other. But you've got to know your market. You, you know, you just do because no matter how many long-term of, sustainability, absolutely. Yeah. No matter how many of us goofy idiots out there that are podcasters, bloggers, fans of barbecue. You're not going to stay in business off of people like us. You're just not. You're going to stay in business off of the locals that are within a five-mile radius of your restaurant. It's, I mean, that's just the facts of it. There have been places that we have absolutely loved and we've talked about umpteen times on the show, and those places have closed. And it's not because they serve bad barbecue. I mean, there's lots of factors that go into a business failing, but you have to have an audience for what you're trying to do. You know, and, and if you're in a chopped beef and bag of chips market, don't serve Wagyu burn ends and all sorts of crazy stuff that your customers, frankly, do not care about. Or, or serve it in a volume that you can please those people and please your customer base, too. I mean, you know, it's it, it's just crazy to think, you know, like I said, how expensive barbecue. And I know, yeah, I'm old and Pepperidge Farm remembers and all this stuff. But, I mean, I do remember when, you know, you could buy you could buy chopped beef sandwiches sometimes for a buck, buck and a half. But even two dollars. You buy a whole bag of those things, right? There's there's still people that that are thinking in those times. Yes, there are. And yeah. you know, if if you've got to serve them pulled pork sandwiches, a whole bag of those, and you're still making a lot of profit, right? It's all about the profit at the end of the day. But you know, not everybody's going to eat that. You're gonna you can't just serve that only. You got to you got to match both of your your customer bases and and just. It, but it comes down to business. It comes down to um, you know, finding your market, building that customer base. And I, I, I do want to give kind of ourselves a shout out because when we had our pop-up last week, 
the first item that we sold out of was not our tater tot casserole. That was our second item. First <laughs> item we sold out of was pulled pork. And, and it's because we built a following on pulled pork with our with our business. And yeah. it's not the only thing and, we and serve. And it took a long time to do it. Right, yeah. right. It, when we first started putting pulled pork on the menu, we had a heck of a time. I mean, we were giving samples out of it because yep. we were having a heck of a time getting people to order it. And we knew it was good. You know, we knew we were putting out a good product, but it doesn't matter how good the product is if no one's buying it. Right. But right. but yes, if you, you know, and it, you won't always succeed. Right. And if you have like a meat plate and pulled pork is one of your options and it's the same price, whether you get pulled pork or brisket, you're not going to move any pulled pork people. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, you're just not going to. But so you, you, if you serve it, you've got to price it accordingly. I mean, you know, we know how much cheaper pulled pork is than beef and, and especially brisket after, after you trim and render. So your pricing of that should be equivalent in ratio, right? If you're, if you're selling pulled pork for 18.95 a pound, and you're selling your brisket for 20, um, you know, come on, guys. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I mean, come on. You know, yeah, we'd, well, we'd like to eat more pulled pork and pork steak, but you got to price it in, <laughs> in, in the right ratio. Yeah, I mean, from, from a yield standpoint, from a meat cost standpoint, from a labor standpoint, we, we know that pulled pork is a lot cheaper product to produce than, yeah. a, than a brisket is or, or beef rib or things like that. Right. So you can move it and you can make just as much profit. You can sell just as much. It's not like you have to sell more volume to make the same amount of profit. But but you just can't you you, you got to be realistic with it too, um, and and don't just pull it and leave it in a warming pan all day a steam pan. But um, you know it is a little bit harder to manage if you want the the best quality. But it, at the end of the day, you can do things like that. You can sell tacos. You can make plenty of money on tacos. You can sell sandwiches. There's all kinds of things you can do. But um, just realize that there's people out there that you know work for their paychecks. You know the. Some people are doing great in this economy. The oil business is down. Somebody sent a picture uh, this week of a dollar eighty-five a gallon um, for for gas, and and I can tell you with with a, one of my family members in the business, it's it's kind of brutal right now for those people. Yeah. Right. And they're not gonna they're not out there eating you know twenty dollar twenty three dollar a pound brisket. That's really tough for them. So anyway. I know we've dwelled on it a lot, but just just balance everything out and know your market. Yeah, I mean, Brian said it many times, and it's in a sentence I agree with wholeheartedly. Is at the end of the day, you are a business, and you need to be profitable. And that is that you know, for all the fame and Instagram likes and things that we want. That's that's what we're after. You know, you want to be a profitable business, and one of the things that we've noticed with business, it's you put your life on on social media these days. You know, mo- some of us more than others, but. Everything has to be on an Instagram story or an Instagram post or a tweet or a TikTok, whatever the hell that is. Or <laughs> We have a TikTok <laughs> account, but I went on there and it scared me and I, I never went back. <laughs> but we've frankly seen some things on social media that makes me feel bad for the business owner. Um, not everything needs to be on social media. You want your business to look good, and you if want to. If you're making sausage in your living room and you're a business, that <laughs> make sure one, they you shouldn't can't, be doing that. You shouldn't be doing <laughs> that, but at least don't let people know that it's your, you know, your kitchen countertop. That's right. that's crazy. Yeah, I mean things like that, yeah, where where it clearly looks unprofessional, and it looks like you don't, you aren't a legitimate business. That's the last thing you want to portray to the public is that you're not a legitimate, responsible business person. And so, just kind of think about that when you're posting this stuff is. Is this putting my business in a good light? You know, and and it it sounds like a simple thing, but we've seen some stuff and heard some stuff, and frankly, it's it, it's shocking. Some yeah. of the and stuff. Most, that we've and seen most and most of your yeah. pictures, make sure you're wearing gloves. 
Um, you know, I'd, I'd rather not know what you do <laughs> in the other times. How many times have we seen that where they're handling, you know, meat, even cooked meat, and, you know, they've got a hand without a glove touching the meat. Right, or they got a cigarette or a cigar in their hand, and they're, you know, they're trimming, and I mean, just... Like stuff that number one you should not be doing first and foremost and always you should not be doing, but you sure as heck should not be telling people you're doing it. It just are, my two cents on that. That you want to look, you want your business to look good, and that comes down to even what you post, not even just business related things. Your business. Oh boy, here he goes. I, I'm. I know. I know. I, I got to do it. But it's true. Look, it, people don't care what political affiliation you are. Or sports team, or sports or, team. or anything they like that. Just I mean, don't. It, yes, it, I mean, I'm not saying don't you know, don't ever say you know, go home team. But your business account, in my opinion, should be about your business first and foremost. I know that seems goofy to even have to say, but I I shouldn't get ten of ten of your opinions on societal issues for every one post about what special you have on the menu that week. That's weird. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and we have to say this too. By the way, people. Um, Understand that people can see what you click like on. Yes. On both oh, Instagram yes. and Twitter. And there are business accounts from top 50 barbecue joints and others, but also multiple top 50 barbecue joints. And if you click like on a cute woman or like on a stupid meme, or like porn star, a porn star multiple times, um, <laughs> it we can see that and other people can see that if they follow you. So I mean, if that's really what you want to do, that's fine. But you shouldn't be doing it with your business account just because there's no reason to do it with your business account. But yeah, you may think it's kind of benign. Oh, I'm just clicking like, but it people actually get notifications of right. that, and and it's it's been kind of funny. It's like, oh my god, this right. person like that, I mean, like, whatever. I, I believe it was Michael Jordan that said, you know, both Republicans and Democrats buy shoes. Yeah, so it's no matter what side of the aisle you're on, you're offending the other side if you're yeah. posting nothing but your political opinion. And, and right now we're like at a 50 50 stalemate uh, yeah. with oh, everybody. Oh, so, God. Yeah. It's just insane. Yeah, we're not even going to go down that road. But yes, the, yeah, the, the political climate we're in, the last thing you want to do as a business is offend half of your potential customer base by posting constant political opinions on your business account. Again, your personal views are your personal views, and everyone should be free to speak them. And that's what, you know, yeah, I mean, that's what this country is about. But from a business standpoint, it's just not good business. So, so talking about opinions and talking about um, freedom to speak, the, the other thing is um, get honest feedback from people and understand that if you're giving people something for free, or you're making people post something publicly that a lot of times they may not be honest with you. And, you know, it's, it's not good. It, it, well, it's not easy to tell somebody that, hey, I didn't like this or I didn't like that. But everybody out there, you, you know, you owe it to the people that you're eating barbecue from. If you didn't like it or if there's a particular item you didn't like or a particular thing, A, don't say it's the best thing you've ever had publicly, you know unless you're getting paid to do it and that's what you're doing and it's and then be honest about that but also you know it's okay i mean how many times have we told people this is too salty or you know this doesn't have enough pepper or um you know it, it, it's okay to to give that honest feedback now again you don't do it publicly and say you know oh this was terrible but you know there's there's a place that's always had bad sausage <laughs> every time we've gone and um and so you know we've we've told them that and um, I ate somewhere 
this year, not too long ago, and the casings were really bad. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's nothing personal against the person, but, you know, I said, I, that's the feedback I gave. I said, hey, you know, your, your casings were, were kind of nasty. What did you do? You know, is there, you know, here's what I do or here's what I've read or anything. You know, you, you don't have to berate them or anything, but, you know, be honest because it helps them. Yeah, and it, I mean, a lot of this ties to the emergence of barbecue popularity and different media outlets. I mean, there's more coverage of everything in the world now than there used to be. Everyone has you know, everyone has a voice, be, and that can be heard by the world now with social media. And so you have more bloggers, podcasters, food critics, wannabe food critics, wannabe podcasters, wannabe bloggers. I mean, there's different levels and forms of everything we fall somewhere in that spectrum too. yeah we we're not yeah we're, we're, we're not in the middle of there of yeah, yeah we're not we're right know, we're right yeah. in the middle of it and we're to blame for some of the stuff that we bitch about yes. <laughs> but uh but just when you when you get those things it's like everything else and like you know the trend jumping that we talked about you're going to get the good and the bad when it comes with the explosion of popularity and with all these different barbecue media people or wannabe barbecue media people you're going to have good ones. You're going to have bad ones. You know, you're going to have people that really put in the effort and, and try to really learn and study what this is and not just give some blase opinion of this wasn't good, but you can't say why it's good or you, you have no experience. And, and everybody with it. has their opinion yeah, of, of what's good. That's fine. But at least be, you know, be able to explain what you did or didn't like about it. Right. Yeah, at least come from an honest opinion, a genuine opinion. I, I think you owe it to the businesses that you're talking to or talking about you know, to have that honest opinion, but try, try to go about it respectfully. Um, if you want to have respect in this business, be honest with them and be honest to a point where you're not blowing smoke up their butt. You're not berating them. Like Brian said, but we see it more and more now. And I don't blame any of these restaurants for doing it. You've got restaurants that are having media events where they're inviting bloggers out to their restaurants to have these special dinners and before you know it, they've got five great five-star Yelp reviews the next day. And, and it's smart business, guys. It just is. You know, if you're struggling to get attention for your business, that's a good way to get that attention. Yeah, smart. You know, it's very smart. You know, but as a consumer, we try to, you know, we spot those things, I think, more than others do because we really look at it. There's nothing worse than hearing great things about a place from numerous different places and then you go there and it's nothing like the experiences you've heard about or they're, they're not serving something that you've seen a million times or um it just it it's it's very frustrating too because you know we try to also look at those and say okay this we want to go to this place because these people that we've talked to and ate barbecue with say it's all great and you know we go there and sometimes yeah it's just a bad day people have bad days but there's there's other times where we've been multiple times and we're like there's just no way that this is equivalent to what we've heard. Right. Right. And, and again, it could be the experience that those people got. Um, but just, you know, it, it's, it's a funny, funny world these days. You know, Yelp is what Yelp is. Um, you know, it's, I know a lot of people hate Yelp out there and, and we totally understand that and, and whatever business model, all of that, we've, we've heard a lot of that, but we use Yelp a lot because we look for trends and, you know, we're not looking for one or two, specific complaints with and we may have talked about this before like you know if somebody says you know your your potato salad is bland that's one thing but if you know 
10% of your reviews say that, that's something that you should reflect upon. Right. Well, um, there's a place, of course, we're not going to name, but there's a place where we've seen umpteen different quasi-media related posts about it saying how great it is. And then you go and look at the Yelp. You know, Yelp is, for the most part, paying customers You know, that went to your restaurant and paid for their food. And those reviews are much more damning than what you know what you're seeing on the media person's page and so it's one of those you know we we talk about before how to spot what you can consider a legitimate opinion versus a contrived one because again if you're invited out to a free blogger media event you're not going to then go on social media and say boy this really sucked this free food i got you know that was handed to me by because you might not get invited back for more free food (laughs) exactly you got to keep that thing spinning right you know, so for everybody that might be wondering, if you haven't figured this out by now, thanks for the hospitality is code word for I did not pay for this. <laughs> not always. But, not always. But, but, yeah, but, not always. But, but it's, a very <laughs> big majority of the time. Thanks for the hospitality. Usually, And it's meant, okay yeah. in, in a lot of situations. I mean, you know, business to business and things like that is, is fine and all. But, um, but yeah, anyway, um, <laughs> let's not turn this into just 100% of us complaining because we're old men. Um, you know, we still love what's going on in the world of barbecue today. There's still a lot of great stuff happening. Um, there's barbecue events. I mean, you know, I, I think it should go, it, it should be mentioned, you know, Red Dirt tickets went on sale today. They sold out virtually immediately. Um, very, very impressive with that. Yeah, within about a half hour, both the VIP and the general admission tickets were left. Then there were some concert-only tickets left for a few more minutes after that, and those were gone. I mean, it's... What Chase Colston has built up there in Tyler is beyond impressive. Uh, the lineup of not only uh, barbecue joints he gets, but musicians and artists that he gets to play at that event is just, uh, it, it's incredible. It's a awesome event. We are really sorry we're not going to be able to make it there this year. Um, we will be uh, at the Kentucky Derby as yeah, on as, that day. as Red Dirt <laughs> yes, is going on. Yes. We will be at the Kentucky Derby. Um, so and We will remember some of it. Um, hopefully most of it. Um, but I won't be singing karaoke at the Derby. Um, but you know, with that, there's, there are still a lot of opportunities out there. There's a lot of events, obviously the HOU barbecue festivals coming up. Um, another one that I think we should mention is called Eastbound and Down. This is a new one, the Eastbound and Down barbecue throwdown. Um, this is from right on taco ticketsouthouse.com. This has a, a, a very interesting lineup. It's their first year. They're just kicking this off, but it's a music and barbecue festival as well. Um, that's on uh, April 18th of this year, and uh, some of our buddies are going to be out there. Yeah, um, Bodacious Moberly is going to be out there. I believe Bodacious Hallsville as well will be out there. Um, is uh, Stephen is a Riverport out yep, there? Yep, Riverport's out there. Gabriel Ritter's out there from from Hallsville. Um, Slaughter's Barbecue Oasis. So we mm-hmm. finally get to see David Slaughter, who we've been trying to get out to forever. Um, so there's there's quite a bit out there. Um, and and Brian Wright from Right on Taco. I mean, you know. Uh, It'll be interesting. It's first year always, but uh, that's one. We know our favorite ones coming up, too, which are, other than Red Dirt, is Waco. Pints, the park. Pints on the Park. Yep, so when that, those that, tickets go on sale, make sure to, to check those out. Yeah, that, that event usually happens uh, usually two weeks after Red Dirt, so about mid-May. Yeah. Um, so be on the lookout for that. That's always a really, really good time. And on top of all the events, you're starting to see more barbecue joints and and people partner up and throw these collaboration events and those are really fun as well because it's a you know, an opportunity to get maybe some menu items that they don't normally serve some specials and, and just seeing what these guys come up with you know with all these creative people getting together 
And those things, I mean, you just have to follow social media to, to hear about those things because there's just too many to even try to list without forgetting some at this point. But uh, be on the lookout. There's so much cool stuff going on in barbecue right now. Um, oh, we, I, we can't not mention the uh, Buxton Hall event because that is an incredible lineup. Yeah, it's Elliot a little Moss. bit of a drive if you're in Texas. Yeah, but, yes, it is. yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, the uh, Buxton Smoke Show, which is just going to be just awesome. If you're within driving distance or even if you want to make the flight, uh, Sunday, May 17th at Sunday, Highland Sunday. Brewing in Asheville, Elliot Moss and Buxton Hall are throwing a barbecue event. There will be live music as well. Just the rundown of the people that are going to be at this mm-hmm. event. Yep. Leo Botello from Truth. Zach Parker, B.E. Scott's. Um, Jonathan and Justin Fox from Fox Brothers. Billy Durney, Hometown Barbecue. Mr. Sam Jones himself. Matt Horn, Horn Barbecue. Rodney Scott. And a list of others. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's great. It's great. Pat Martin from Martin's. Word. Yeah, I mean, and, and tickets are incredibly reasonable to this. Yes, I believe the uh, general admission tickets are $55 for this, which is a, an incredible value for the list of, uh, of participants at this event. VIP is $135. So, yeah, just an, an incredible event uh, being put on in Asheville, and you're starting to see more of these events. Uh, so you're seeing it more across, uh, the, across yeah. the country where um, they're pulling people out of Texas. You know, it used to be pretty limited to those types of events uh, where, where you're seeing that, and you're seeing more and more. Yeah, well, of course, uh, uh, Windy City Smokeout in Chicago um, happening again in, in July. Um, you want to go ahead and announce it officially? I guess. I don't know. We'll be there. We'll be oh, there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We. Uh, no. We were. Uh, Hopefully, again, cooking some more corn. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Lote boys. We, we were in, invited back. I guess we didn't screw up the corn too bad. Patrick and Aaron are, are letting us come back and help again. So uh, thank you. Thank you. We are very much looking forward to that. To uh, you know, sweating in a parking lot in Chicago, cooking ears of corn and whatever other crazy dishes that that crew comes up with. Um, just happy to be a part of it, happy to help any way we can. But yes, if you're in the Chicago area uh, around, I believe it's the 10th or so of July, Windy City Smokeout is an amazing event, especially if you're into country music, uh, Darius Rucker, Dirks Bentley, a bunch of other people that I don't know but are probably really great at what they do. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yes, Windy City Smokeout is another just awesome event. And of course, you know our, our Hog and Derby trip that is getting closer and closer and closer. Um, we're just we can't wait it's gonna be so much fun we've got a pretty awesome itinerary of joints yeah uh, thanks to andrew for that mr itinerary it, master himself it's gonna be pretty fun uh brian and i by the time this trip is over we will have been to the vast majority of wood cooked whole hog barbecue joints in the country um and that's that's pretty cool yeah, I mean, and it's, and it's and we're visiting. The best part is we get to revisit some of the ones that right. we've been dying to get back out. To oh gosh, and, there's yeah. a few that I'm just so excited to get back to. I mean, just great, great places with a lot of history and great people working there. And we're gonna have some fun as always. Um, and then of course we're you know throwing in the uh, the bourbon and derby portion of the trip, which is gonna be a whole different set of uh, adventure for all of us. But looking forward to that if. Uh, if you're in the North Carolina or Kentucky areas, um, let us know if there's any barbecue joints that are kind of... I mean, obviously, we know about the known places. We know Skylight Inn. We know uh, Buxton Hall and all you know all the known places. But if you've got any hole-in-the-wall places that maybe we just haven't heard of or aren't on our radar, shoot us a uh, text... Or not a text. I'm not giving you my number. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> shoot us a, a DM or an email or one of the million ways to get a hold of us. 
and and just say hey guys don't miss this place and if we can fit it in we will definitely try to fit it in it's a you know again pretty hectic schedule not nearly as bad as last time but we're going to be fitting in plenty of barbecue plenty of bourbon plenty of uh good times that we probably can and can't talk about on air but it'll be a lot of fun we'll be hitting up some new uh, barbecue joints this year um yep. just throw a couple out there like goldie's is opening up uh, this coming weekend yes It'll probably be open by the time you hear this but um, congratulations to the Goldie's kids because uh, they're finally finally going to open. Yeah, it's about time. We've yeah. been waiting. <laughs> now, uh, really, really happy for them. It's a place that we've been waiting for a long time to, to become a reality, and obviously as have they. And so uh, it's going to be great. You're going to want to get out there um, and make a weekend of it because there's plenty of barbecue around that area. If you're trying to do a whole barbecue trip, there's plenty of stuff you need to be eating at in the uh, Fort Worth, Dallas even down through Waco area. I mean, get out On to fire Howard, out get there. out to Guess, get out to Bear Barbecue in Cleburne. You know, uh, Panther City, and Panther City is doing their... Uh, uh, I'm going to get the name wrong. They're doing tacos at night now. Okay, um, cool. And, and cool. That, you know, just another extension of, of what barbecue is and can be. And it's right. I, I think it's a great way to, to utilize product and to expand your menu. Yep. So Zavala's, Dane's, Hurtado, it, it, it's I mean, just so many a, out there. Yeah, it's an embarrassment of riches Derek out there. Allen's yeah. and, and some that we still need to get back to and go to the first time. Yep. Um, but yeah, get out there, explore, go try these new places, go hit up your old ones. The weather is going to be nice in Texas here pretty soon. Um, we're looking forward to some great springtime as, as the week or two that it is in Texas. <laughs> Uh, but we're looking for some great springtime road trips. Get out there. Tell us what you find out there. We're always looking for new places and inventive dishes that people are doing right. Absolutely, yes. And it, as Brian said, support these places. Go to these places as often as you can. Um, enjoy your meals there. You know, restaurant industry is a tough industry. You can cook really good food, and it sometimes it's just not enough. You know, we've uh, we've had a couple of places closed that that we really like the people there and we really had good experiences there. Uh, blue moon barbecue. Um, if you haven't heard the news, blue moon, which is on the 2017 top 50 list, they are out in the country, um, outside of the city of Hearn, but I think it's Hearn's the closest city to them. Um, there's major road construction going right by the restaurant that really just made it almost impossible to get to their restaurant. And it just affected their business so much that they've had to close. Yeah. Rick, Rick, Tony and Matt, you know, we, we'd love to see you guys somewhere. And when you open back up, we'll be out there. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah, for those that don't know the original logo of this show. The lo- if you may remember if you've been a, a listener for a while, our original logo was the sold out sign from Blue Moon Barbecue. Um, we've been going to Blue Moon for a very long time. One of our first road trips together was uh, it really to, Blue Moon. to us epitomized a lot of what Texas barbecue was yeah. about. You know, yeah, the small family, town. small town, and it, it kind of surprising quality when you a little roll bit into of it. trivia. They have the first John Lewis Pit at Blue Moon Barbecue. Yes. Um, but yeah, uh, our, our buddies at Blue Moon, we're so sorry to hear that. And we hope that uh, good news comes in the near future for, for that business. And then, of course, our friend Jim Buchanan, um, who's been just, uh, you know, a, fr- a friend of ours, show, no show, doesn't matter. A uh, friend of ours for a long time, really have so and much respect again, for... I think we met at, at when Jim and Wes were cooking together. Absolutely. And, and Jim yeah. helped us out at the Santa Fe Benefit. And Jim's been a, a help to anyone that's ever needed it in this barbecue industry for a very long time. And uh, had opened down in Galveston, and the uh, the business just didn't work out down there. And he closed recently as well. So, as popular as barbecue is, re- the restaurant industry is still a very risky business. And the uh, 
margins of success and failure are small. And so you've got to support these places as much as you can. We understand that not everyone can get everywhere. We can't get everywhere. You know, there are places that I love that I haven't been to in a year. And it's it, it's a you know good problem to have from a consumer side. But from a business standpoint, it's tough. Um, so, again, hate to end it on a sad note. But, yes, those are uh, two places that we, we, we did have some you know really big reverence for. And uh, hope for the best for, for those business owners. And so, yeah, support local barbecue, guys. Get it on me.